there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about the basics of the menstrual cycle. Um, First of all, I wanted to thank people who have been getting in touch with feedback about this podcast. Um, Constructive feedback and positive feedback are both very, very welcome. Constructive feedback helps me develop this podcast in a way that will be even more beneficial to even more people. Um, And positive feedback gives me a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling. So for both of those feedbacks, I am immensely grateful. Today's episode actually comes from some of this feedback. Um, I had been talking or mentioning tracking period and somebody who was listening thought, well, I I don't know how to track my period. I I don't actually know, now you've come to think of it, what really what's happening during my menstrual cycle. So what should I be checking? What what is my menstrual cycle? What should I be checking and how should I be tracking it? Um, And I thought, crikey, yeah, I talk about these things. And in my world, endometriosis has been my world for a long time. Women's health has been my world for a long time. I talk about these things like it's second nature. I'm hoping that I don't use a lot of jargon, but there will occasionally be things that I'm talking about that that I just see as commonplace. But actually, to people listening, some of it may um, seem a bit alien or just may need a little bit more meat behind the bones. So if I am talking about anything and if you want to know more information, please do like this person did. Please do feedback to me um, and ask me the questions because those questions enable me to make more content that is more helpful. So this is where this episode has come from. Today we are looking at the menstrual cycle. So essentially the menstrual cycle is um, the thing that makes us women. It's it's the, the reproductive cycle of the, in this case, human female being. Um, in my world, it's a blessing. Um, I know not all of you listening will be thinking that, and that might have even made you spit some of your coffee out or choke on your sandwich. Um, but in my world, it's very much a blessing and something to celebrate. And historically, in our in our ancient times, this was also the case as well. It was it was a revered stage of a woman's life, the menstrual the menstrual cycle. Um, we've lost that. We've lost that celebration. We've lost that connection. Um, women these days, a lot of women dread their periods for a lot of a lot of the reasons that we go into in in all of these podcasts. All the stuff that that can happen that's that's nasty with 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 problem periods. We talk about those in the other in the other episodes. Um, the majority of women that I come across that don't have things like endometriosis, adenomyosis, and things fibroids. Um, the majority of women I speak to who don't have those conditions most of them are kind of nonplussed about the period it kind of happens kind of ignore it what happens happens don't know how long they bleed um just are completely disconnected in terms of general advice i would love it if women would connect more positively with their periods the more positive you connect to your periods the more positive your periods are now that again there are obvious exceptions when you're when you're having symptoms and there are things that can be done to, to alleviate those but generally speaking in, in people who don't have the, the chronic symptoms that we tend to see with conditions like endo, um, the more positive you are and the more connected you are to your period, the better those periods become. So if you are new to tracking or if you don't have a clue how to track, 
I'm going to talk you through the four recognised stages of the menstrual cycle. And the more you track your periods, the more connected you become to these, to these phases and the more you recognise when you're entering these phases. These phases, as I say so many times on these podcasts, these phases differ from person to person. It's not set in stone that week one will be phase one, week two will be phase two, week three, etc., etc. doesn't work like that. When, well, certainly when I was in school, the very limited education we had didn't cover this at all. We were essentially told, I don't even remember being told that you may bleed, um, but we were essentially shown a, a sanitary towel. Names are changing, thankfully, but we were shown a sanitary towel. Um, we were told that we would need to use them and that we could get pregnant at any time of the month, essentially. Um, the reality is very different. The rhetoric still exists that you can get um, pregnant so if you, if you kind of go to see your GP without without actually tracking your cycle without knowing when you ovulate the general advice is to if you don't want to get pregnant to have protected sex um, essentially from bleed and even then you see people saying you can still get pregnant during your bleed the actual window for people to to get pregnant as I've touched on in the fertility podcast is very small the problem is because everybody's cycle is different you can't say it's week three where you will get pregnant because the third phase for different people will be at different times. So somebody's third phase will start very early. Somebody's third phase will start very late. So the blanket advice is to cover those discrepancies. But we will start at the first phase. So the first phase of your menstrual cycle is the menstrual phase. So this is the bleeding phase. So when you're tracking your cycle, you start from the first day of your bleed. So day one is the first day that the bleed starts. Now, sometimes if you go to some doctors or if you go to some fertility clinics, they will say that if you start bleeding in the late afternoon or evening to class the next day as day one. When I'm working with clients, I always say the first day of the bleed, no matter what time of day it is, the first day of the bleed is day one. It doesn't really matter which advice you take as long as you take that advice consistently. So if you track from the day one, of your from the first day of your bleed irrespective of the time of your bleed is day one just stick to that every single cycle that's fine or if you say okay well it's six o'clock in the evening my bleed started so I'm going to class tomorrow as day one that's fine just stick to that principle every single time you track every cycle so that's the first the first phase of your of your menstrual cycle is your bleeding phase now again this can vary from person to person, and especially if you have things like endometriosis, perimenopause and menopause as well, drastically changes our, our, our periods. Um, so this can change. It shouldn't, and I don't like the word, but in a healthy, if some, in somebody who has a healthy cycle, it won't change that much in that it should be quite regular. So the length of the cycle itself should be regular. The length of the bleed should be fairly regular. Um, with endometriosis and adenomyosis and fibroids and all the other conditions that we work with, um, it's, quite, it's quite common to see the bleed start and stop a little bit in that first phase. So quite often what can happen is somebody can have one, two or even three or even longer, um, four days of heavy bleeding, then maybe a day off and then the bleeding starts again. And that bleeding when it starts again can be lighter or it can even be what I refer to as the kind of the gunky stage. But that is your bleeding stage. That is your menstrual stage, phase one. Phase two is the follicular phase. Now, that is essentially where the follicles are growing or one follicle is growing. So 
what happens is you have um, a, a, an egg reserve, which we talk about in the fertility podcast as well, but you have an egg reserve and you're, you're born with a finite amount of eggs. That number doesn't change. So the eggs that you are born with are the eggs that you will carry, obviously minus the ones that you shed, but the eggs that you will carry through through the rest of your life. The eggs kind of sit back and one egg is released. I'm going to say on average, most cycles, one egg is released. Sometimes you get an anomaly, but on, on most, most of the time, one egg is released every month. And what happens, these eggs kind of grow, if you will, in, in follicles. Now, follicles are um, tiny little bags, if you will, that grow. So you're not born with the follicles as such. A follicle is produced and that's where the egg materialises and matures. So these follicles start to, um, they actually start to mature, they start to grow or they start to manifest, whatever word you want to use, from the day of the bleed, from day one. So phase one and phase two, the first few days are actually aligned. So whilst you're bleeding, your follicles are starting to come through for that cycle. So it's not kind of a tag team, it's not a relay, you've kind of got a bit of an overlap there. So you're bleeding and your follicles are growing. Your egg is, is being matured from the day of your bleed. So your egg is maturing in the follicle. Now, most months, not every month, most months, that egg is matured to a level where it's ready to be released. So that egg becomes ready to be fertilized. So the egg is released from the follicle and the follicle dies. Now, you'll hear GPs say that this happens on day 14. Day 14 is the day you ovulate. Again, not strictly true. And that's why we get all this rubbish about all these guidelines about sort of the ability of a woman to get pregnant from week two to week four of the period. Your ovulation might be early. So it could happen as early as maybe day six, or it could happen later on, maybe even sort of maybe two or three days, probably not that it's not very common for it to be that close, but it, it has been known for it to be two or three days before the bleed of the next the next period. So by tracking, you can ascertain exactly when your ovulation day is. Now, again, in a healthy cycle, your ovulation day won't change that much. So once you've been tracking for three or maybe four cycles, that then is your, your ovulation period, um, providing that everything else is quite um, is quite consistent. So that's the ovulation. Ovulation is when the egg is mature enough to be released from the follicle. Now, this doesn't necessarily happen every single month. Um, I was chatting to a, a potential client the other day um, who had been for a scan and they'd found a cyst and they were incredibly worried about this cyst. Now, actually what happens in a lot of, a lot of months, a lot of cycles, is that the egg never matures enough to be released. So what happens is the whole thing just dies. But before it dies, the follicle actually becomes a cyst. We just never know because we don't have regular scans on our abdomen. So quite often women will find that, um, that, the, that the egg hasn't ovulated, that they haven't had an ovulation that month. Um, the follicle, instead of, of releasing the egg, holds onto the egg and then everything, it turns into a cyst and then it just naturally dies off. And it, could, it can take maybe two or three cycles for that, for that dead follicle, in, in essence, to disappear. So if you have a cyst and the person doing the scan or your GP who's reporting back on the scan isn't worried about it, 
then please don't worry. A cyst doesn't automatically mean something like endometriosis or fibroids. It can just be a natural occurrence. However, if your egg is released, it then travels down through. In this period, well, I shouldn't say period, but in this time frame, what's also happening, so as soon as the, the follicular stage is over, you get ovulation, and then what's also happening is the womb lining is, is expanding, if you will. It's growing and it's thickening. And it's getting ready essentially for the egg to come down, the egg to be fertilised, and then the fertilised egg to be implanted into the womb lining, into the uterus lining there. So it's, it's, it's getting all lush. It's, it's, it's nesting, in effect. It's making sure that it's, it's providing enough nutrients, that it's providing enough safety, I guess, for the egg to implant nicely, to give that egg enough or as best chance as it can to, to grow and to flourish and that's called the luteal phase so that's when your your um the lining of your womb is is growing implantation happens and everything um kind of is 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 fertile i suppose that's kind of the lush the lush period if the egg isn't fertilized what then happens is the lining sheds and you bleed and you're back to day one so that, in essence, is the four phases of your menstrual cycle. That's what's happening during your menstrual cycle. Now, you've got different hormones. We've got around 50 or over 50 hormones that are flooding through our bodies at all the time. And it's our hormones that create these cycles. The messages that the hormones are being fed, that the hormones are passing back, is creating all these different phases. So all of these fantastic things that's happening in our, in our, in our abdomen all the time, that's our hormones. So as soon as your hormones get imbalanced, that's, that, that's why it impacts on your menstrual cycle because it's a very finely tuned machine that's, that's going on. So tracking your menstrual cycle. When you're tracking your cycle, like I say, the first day of your bleed is day one. Now, there's not necessarily, without kind of scans and things, there's not necessarily things we can do to recognise the other, the, other, the other stages of the cycle. Ovulation is a really clear benchmark and if you're if you are ever thinking of getting pregnant it's kind of essential that that you know when you ovulate so there's a few different things that you can use to check your ovulation the three main things that i go through in terms of generic checking for ovulation is body temperature so on the the first thing you do when you wake up before you do anything else check your temperature um, you can get basal body temperature thermometers. Check that first thing in the morning. As soon as you start to move and go up and have a wee and all of that kind of stuff, don't do it then because your body temperature changes. What you want to, to track is that body temperature first thing as you wake up. Your body temperature will spike slightly at ovulation or just before ovulation. Our temperature can tell us a lot about our menstrual cycle. And especially, this is one of the reasons why temperature changes happen so much with, with menopause, because this is another thing that's governed by our, or partially governed by our hormonal changes. So you will see a slight peak around ovulation in that basal body, body um, temperature. Now again, people's body temperature does fluctuate slightly. There won't be massive fluctuations. So again, three or four cycles of tracking, you'll start to see the trends for your body, for your cycle, and you'll start to see that peak when you're ovulating. Another thing to notice for is um, changes to the discharge you're having. So if you have an increased, a lot of people see increased discharge around the time of ovulation. And again, the reason for this is 
to aid the, the um, fertilization of the egg. So that's why you see an increase in uh, or a thickening. So you can have more discharge, you can find a thickening or it gets a bit stickier during the ovulation phase. And that's because, like I say, that, that, um, that facilitates the fertility, um, that facilitates the fertilization of the egg. So that's why that happens. And then the other thing to notice if you are comfortable doing it is to track your cervix, your cervix and the position of your cervix. So your cervix will rise and fall um, or open and close a little bit depending on where you are in your cycle as well. So that's the other thing that you can check. And again, three to four cycles will be sufficient for you to understand your body and how your body shows up all of the time. So you can then start to see the phases, your phases and how they manifest for you. Once you understand those phases, you can then start to connect a lot better to your to your periods. It also helps if you're looking at overcoming your endometriosis, if you're looking at managing your health yourself, it really helps to understand what part of your cycle you're at. It's not essential. You can absolutely manage your endo um, without understanding your cycle. But the more you understand the cycle, the better results you're going to have because the more connected you are to your body, which I cannot tell you how much difference that makes. So I hope that was interesting. Um, if you do have any feedback, please do let me know. Um, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.